an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. According to reports, President Trump's 2020 budget proposal could cut funding for broadcasting stations such as PBS and NPR. Said an NPR host, yeah. Said an NPR host, unbelievable. The time is 8.30. From 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York City, please enjoy this podcast edition of Late Night with Seth Meyers. On today's show, Seth talks to his friend Jordan Peele, who directed the new horror movie Us. But first, a closer look. The president spent the weekend on an unhinged Twitter rant after dismissing the rising threat of white nationalism. For more on this, it's time for a closer look. Well, it's another Monday, and that means once again the President of the United States had a quiet, normal weekend full of hard work and sober reflection, and everyone slept well and woke up refreshed and optimistic. And I'm just kidding, his brain is silly putty, and we're all doomed. President Trump spends his weekend lashing out on Twitter. He hit on everything from the Mueller probe to Saturday Night Live, the late Senator John McCain, and much more. He tweeted 50 times this weekend alone, 30 original tweets, 20 retweets, bashing Mueller and the Russia investigation 14 times. Also, General Motors, Google, the United Auto Workers, Hillary Clinton, and now, today, calling Joe Biden... Another low IQ individual. I mean, Jesus, his tweets would make more sense if they were scribbled on the wall of a psych ward. (laughs) The bottom of every Trump tweet should have like, retweet, or send me a free Xanax. (laughs) Seriously, this is insane. The president of the United States tweeted over 50 times in one weekend. He retweeted Fox News a bunch of times, attacked John McCain, General Motors, Google, Hillary, and China all in one tweet. The Paris Climate Accord, Obama, the FBI, and CA, Robert Mueller, Saturday Night Live, Hillary again, John McCain again, called on Fox News to bring back a host he likes, retweeted Fox News, attacked Fox News, the United Auto Workers, General Motors again, retweeted multiple conspiracy theorists, a bunch of random people, accused Democrats of trying to steal the election, and in the middle of all that, he also found time to tweet, Happy St. Patrick's Day. Which is appropriate since he tweets like he's in the middle of a bar crawl. (laughs) Hey, man, I love you more than Hillary loves emails. I'm sorry, but you can't tweet one sane thing in the middle of 50 insane things. It's like if you walked by one of those guys in Times Square yelling, the end is near, and then he turned to you and calmly said, do you know if there's a Panera Bread around here? (laughs) Could use a Panera Bread. I'm a a little peckish. 
Trump's behavior this weekend was so unnerving that George Conway, the husband of White House counselor Kellyanne Conway and a longtime Republican lawyer in Washington, just tweeted, his condition is getting worse. And, <laughs> and you know, it really says a lot about the state of our politics that we all know who he's talking about. <laughs> you don't even need to say Trump's name anymore. Everyone will know who you're talking about if you just tweet, he's yelling at the TV again. <laughs> Trump's Twitter tirade was unhinged on its own, but it's especially unnerving that he chose to spend his time attacking everyone from Saturday Night Live to John McCain just days after the horrific shootings at two mosques in New Zealand. The gunman was a white nationalist who targeted Muslims and was steeped in a culture of online extremism. And yet when Trump was asked on Friday about the rising threat of white nationalism around the world, shrugged it off. You see today white nationalism as a rising threat around the world. I don't really. I think it's a uh, small group of people that have very, very serious problems. First of all, a small group of people that have very serious problems isn't an answer to a question, is white nationalism a threat? If anything, it's an answer to the question, who still works at the White House? <laughs> Second, of course, you don't see it as a threat. You called for a ban on Muslims coming to the U.S., and you're trying to build a wall to keep out Mexican asylum seekers. Asking Trump if he sees white nationalism as a threat is like asking Joe Camel if he sees tobacco as a threat. <laughs> well, only if you're threatened by bold flavor and satisfaction. In fact, instead of addressing the rising threat of white nationalism, Trump spent part of his deranged Twitter bender over the weekend defending Fox News hosts Janine Pirro and Tucker Carlson, who are under fire for making racist and Islamophobic remarks. Trump tweeting in defense of his friend, bring back Judge Janine Pirro, the radical left Democrats, working closely with, the, with their beloved partner, the fake news media, is using every trick in the book to silence a majority of our country. They have all-out campaigns against Fox News hosts who are doing too well. The losers all want what you have. Don't give it to them. Be strong and prosper. Be weak and die. Stay true. Keep fighting for Tucker and fight hard for Judge Jeanine. Your competitors are jealous. They all want what you've got, number one. The president of the United States is an angry grandpa who spends his time yelling at the TV to bring back his favorite shows. <laughs> God forbid they ever cancel Pawn Stars or will have a full-on meltdown. Bring back Chumley or I'll launch a nuke. <laughs> also, what do you mean... Be strong and prosper, be weak and die. You sound like you're about to ring in the 74th annual Hunger Games. Also, also, also. Remember when Trump said he didn't have time to watch TV because he's too busy reading? In case you forgot, he told reporters, and this is a real quote, I don't get to watch much television primarily because of documents. I'm reading documents a lot. First of all, you watch plenty of television. You got mad at a rerun of SNL this weekend. A rerun. You watch more SNL than Lorne Michaels, and that's not a joke. I have been next to Lorne when a sketch starts bombing, and that man straight up leaves the room. Second, let's make something clear. No one who actually reads documents ever says, I'm too busy reading documents. That's something a lawyer in a porno says in the first 30 seconds of a scene where you're supposed to think, oh, maybe they're not gonna do it. <laughs> I hope I didn't rent a porno that's just law stuff. Also, why did I rent a porno? Oh, right, to support a local business. <laughs> Don't you quit, Frank. I know you're gonna outlast the internet. <laughs> Trump wants us all to think he spends his free time in the study, smoking a pipe, pouring over stacks of papers. Mr. President, we need you to come to your bedroom and watch TV. Oh, not now. I pray you leave me to my documents. <laughs> 
So the president of the United States decided to spend his weekend defending Janine Pirro and Tucker Carlson. In fact, Pirro was specifically criticized for making Islamophobic remarks about Minnesota Congresswoman Ilhan Omar earlier this month. The remarks were so heinous, even Fox News condemned them and pulled her off the air. Omar wears a hijab, which according to the Koran 33, uh, colon 59, tells women to cover so they won't get molested. Is her adherence to this Islamic doctrine indicative of her adherence to Sharia law, which in itself is antithetical to the United States Constitution? The only thing worse than saying something that offensive is saying it that loud. Why does she always talk like she has a bad connection? I said, how are things at college? <laughs> you know, when you say something bigoted, you're supposed to whisper it in private, right? Janine Pirro styles say, you know who I don't like? Muslims! <laughs> And then there's Tucker Carlson, the bad guy from every John Hughes movie. It was reported that he made a series of racist, misogynist, and homophobic comments on a radio show in the 2000s, hosted by a guy named Bubba the Love Sponge. And <laughs> let me just say, I was so confused to hear that Tucker Carlson went on a show hosted by someone named Bubba the Love Sponge that I made the same face Tucker Carlson makes every night on his show. <laughs> Look at him, he always looks like he's 30 seconds into an allergic reaction. Were there nuts in this muffin? He looks like he's three quarters of the way to Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> now, anyone who has paid any attention to politics at all knows that Trump has spent years as a businessman, candidate, and president openly spouting anti-Muslim bigotry, and yet Trump's aides have been trying to memory hole his long history of racism and Islamophobia, like his acting chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney. Mulvaney said on Sunday that he would like us all to ignore the things that Trump says and focus instead on what he does. As a candidate, the president called for a ban on all Muslims entering the United States. He said Islam hates us. This kind of language in the past leads to these questions of why isn't the president now directly using that megaphone to condemn it? Well, then take the, take, take, take the words and put them in one category and take the actions and put them in another. Oh, he's the president, but we have to separate the words from the actions, like we're taking out the recycling. <laughs> Word, action, word. Jesus, word, but it's still got a lot of spaghetti in it, so action. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but his only actions are words. Other than Twitter, what else does he do? You won't let us watch him golf, even though if you did, it would be higher rated than the Super Bowl. I mean, I would watch because there's so much that I want to know. Is he actually good or is he terrible and everyone pretends that he's good? I know he cheats, but how? Is he good at it or is he super obvious? Does he make a weird noise when he swings? And if so, is it the same noise or does it change based on the club? Seriously, televise his next golf game, sell it on pay-per-view and build your wall with that money. Sorry. Sorry, but you don't get to put Trump's words in a different category unless that category is signs you might be having a stroke. Every single car out there, even the really expensive ones, controlled by large donors, 10,000 known or suspected gang members. Mulvaney well, then went on to claim that despite Trump's long-established history of anti-Muslim bigotry, Trump himself was not Islamophobic. I hear what folks say, say, oh, Donald Trump said this during the campaign. Look at what we've done while we've been here. And I don't think anybody could say that, that the president is anti-Muslim. Well, let me try. The president is anti-Muslim. Yep, that was not hard at all. 
was easy to say. Certainly wasn't as hard as saying suspected. You know, you're not very bright for someone who looks like grown-up Sherman. <laughs> Trump has spent his entire political career trafficking anti-Muslim bigotry, and now he's defending people who've done the same. Of course, these guys have to stick together because they are a... Small group of people that have very, very serious problems. This has been a closer look. Our guest tonight is an Academy Award-winning writer, director, and comedian you know from his work on the film Get Out and the series Key and Peele. He wrote and directed the highly anticipated film Us, which is in theaters Friday. Please welcome back to the show my very good friend Jordan Peele, everybody. Welcome back, my Thank friend. You. This is... This is very... The last time you were here was uh, to talk about the film Get Out. And yes. so since I last uh, saw you here, uh, you won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. You were... You were a producer on Black Klansman this year, so you were nominated for an Oscar this year. Yes, uh, I, was, I was Oscar adjacent. Oscar adjacent. Did you enjoy? Uh, did you enjoy this year as well, being at the Oscars? Uh, it, was, it was. Yes, it was fun. I mean, a, lo- a little bit of the load off because I knew um, if I if I uh, won for Best Picture, I wouldn't have to talk because it's clearly Spike. Right, Spike. And so that must hurt. be. I mean, the, the year before where you ended up, and you did have to speak, and you did a great job, but that must Thank be you. in the back of your head the whole time. Like, Yeah, you're just kind of like the whole thing. <laughs> you, you miss the thing, because you're like, I always thank my mom, thank my mom. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 much, it's much easier to um, just kind of watch the show. That's fantastic. And you, I, I know, obviously, again, uh, Get Out was a, a sensation, continues to be. Uh, that You have an idea for a Get Out you've been pitching. <laughs> Not a Get Out sequel, a Get Out ride. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, you know, because I work with Universal Studios. Yeah. Now, so I have the fast track. So I've been pitching uh, the ride. You've got to be... It doesn't, be... like, naturally, it doesn't... When you see that film, you don't think, oh, this is definitely going to have an amusement park ride. No, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't presume that. Um, and, and they haven't bit yet. <laughs> okay. You know, they're still... I'm still waiting for the response. Uh-huh. But the pitch is, like, you have to be this uh, color or darker to enter. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. These are the jokes. No. But no, it turns out we, there is already a, a get out ride in existence. It's called America. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, this, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I was telling uh, one of your stars, Winston, uh, that I'm going to the premiere tonight. Yeah. And I'm thrilled because uh, I, I watched Get Out on a, on a screener when you were coming last time, and so I didn't get to see it with people, which I feel like, I mean, it was amazing, but you want to see it with people, so I'm so excited about tonight. And I'm particularly excited because 20 years ago, you and I were going to horror movies together, so this will be, like, yes. the first horror movie I've gone to with you in 20 years, and you <laughs> wrote and, and directed and, and it. I made it. <laughs> when did you get the idea for this one? Uh, the, the idea came, you know, I... I've been terrified of the idea of doppelgangers mm-hmm. since I was a kid. I had, uh, you know, I always had this vision of like seeing myself across the subway platform, and just kind of thought like, what if you saw yourself and then you're like, if that's not creepy enough, what if you went like, you know, <laughs> the other you sort of smiled at you? And so this this kind of this idea of like, all right, what's that about? And um, you know, I, I've been I, I put it I, the idea of a doppelganger family. I thought was like, okay, well, then my imagination went crazy and out came this film. That's so uh, wonderful. And you had a cast then who had to... (laughs) Getting ideas is wonderful. Um, (laughs) Trust me, I know writers who don't have ideas. Not very happy about it. Uh, You... 
You had a cast and obviously had to play two versions of themselves. Yes. Did that, was, obviously it's a challenge for them. Was it a challenge for you as a director, having to do both of their characters? Yeah, that was, I mean, kind of, I don't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're doing a scene with four actors and playing against themselves. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the movie Big Business, but scary. <laughs> and no, Big Business, <laughs> Bette Midler and... Uh, um, okay, well, I've forgotten it, so it doesn't, I don't expect you to. But no, it's, it's, it's very difficult. you got to, like, plan it right. Uh, Lily Tomlin. There you go. <laughs> represent. <laughs> Lily Tomlin. <laughs> Lily Tomlin all day. Represent. <laughs> um, very difficult, as it turns out. And you have, like, on the days where our actors are the family, it's, like, fun and, like, light. And then the, when they come in as, like, the scary versions, it's, like, ooh, you just feel the crew just, like, yeah. everyone's just, like, ass drops out from under them when, like, <laughs> Lupita walks on set. It's, and it's uh, Lupita, I mean, just from the post, the first time you oh, saw yeah. her in the poster, um, the, you know, the evil version of her is, is something else. And you would have to still give... Still pretty, somehow. Yeah, still gorgeous, pretty. yeah. Um, you would have to give notes to her in character. Was, was yeah. she that kind of actor where... She, she totally went full Daniel Day on this one. Yeah. Um, which is totally creepy. Like, yeah, I'd be... I'd be um, she'd be in a dressing room alone for like hours waiting and you'd walk in and she you know she has like she's doing this voice that's just really scary and really creepy and you'd walk in and she'd just be like standing in the corner like looking at you and you'd be like oh (laughs) and then of course inevitably she'd give her a note and she'd have to say something like you know we need more checks mix on craft services (laughs) checks mix i got you it was, but no, she, I mean, her, her, her perform, the, the entire cast is, is brilliant. Um, she had, uh, you know, has the job of playing the, the, the lead and, and, the, and the main villain in this. So it's kind of like she's doing like both sides of the, the Silence of the Lambs, like spectacle on full. It's amazing to watch. I can't wait. Another thing I remember you talking about Get Out to sort of add levity to another movie that, you know, not just terrifying but heavy in theme was uh, you would direct sometimes as Tracy Morgan, you would direct sometimes as Obama. (laughs) Did you have anything you did on set here? You know, it it wasn't the same kind of vibe, but there was, because, because, like, when we came in, it was, like, kind of, like, chilling and cool and quiet. But there was, you know, we shot the the bad family first so that the good family could react to them and kind of know what we're dealing with. And so I was like, okay, Lupita, I'm going to play your performance from yesterday. She's like, oh, no. Um, I, you know, I can't, I, that'll distract me. Oh, were you just going to, like, play the audio? I was just going to throw the audio of okay. her, like, monologue as the bad guy on. And so she was like, no, 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 that'll distract me. So I was like, um, okay. So then I, I basically, I did, that's where I learned to do the voice. It was like, <laughs> I like doing, you know, I, no spoilers, but it was like, you know, she, she starts and she's like, once upon a time. And it was just, it was like the full test of like not reverting to Key and Peele, like, yeah, right. like hammy comedy bits, yeah. you know? Because you know we would have had a good us uh, sketch if, right. the, if this movie came in. Um, that's really the serpent eating the tail. If you guys is. come back for another season and just, just do your movies, yeah. parodies. Awesome. <laughs> All right. I like that idea. That's great. You know, you make it out, and obviously it's hard because you're not a director before, and so you have those hurdles to get over. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the different set of hurdles this time is now you're the guy who made Get Out. Did you yeah. feel that, or did you feel that pressure? Yeah, I did. Um, it, you know, people were, 
you know, I, I, I get, you know, asked a lot. You know, everyone's, eh, you know, you got a big task on your, on your hands here. And uh, I, I return to this idea that, like, if I make my favorite movie that doesn't exist, like, you know, if people don't like it, they don't like it, but I can uh, watch this movie in, like, 20 years and, and get entertained. And so that's what I did. And it's, it's a very different film, but it, uh, you know, I, 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 I like it. You had a screening at South by Southwest, which uh, we were saying backstage just couldn't have been more fun. So, fu- I mean, I, the, the feeling of getting, uh, like, a shutter, like, when that, that scene that you play, like, uh, hits, you know, at the time of the movie, you just get this great shutter. Uh, the crowd was so nice. It, it's, you, you make this, these movies with the idea that people will be yelling at the screen and the hope that they'll be, you know, laughing and, scare, and screaming. So when it all comes together, it's like, that's, it's, that's you know, that's the final um, piece of the puzzle. That's it's, really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't wait uh, for tonight. It is always just so great to have you here, and I can't wait for whatever it is Thank you do you. next, buddy. Always Thank such you. a pleasure. That's Jordan Peele, everybody. Also, we can see Friday. Late Night with Seth Meyers airs weeknights on NBC at 12.35, 11.35 Central. Original music on the Late Night podcast is by the HE Band. Don't forget to follow the handle Late Night Seth on social media and tell your friends to subscribe to the Late Night podcast wherever they get their podcasts. Alex Ryder is back. Hello, Alex. We have a lot of work to do. To face his greatest challenge yet. We have an active threat. They can wipe out an entire city. People are going to die. Now he's running out of time. We have three days to find and destroy. He doesn't know who he can trust. We're not your enemies. We never have been. Everything I've been told has been lies. And our future is in his hands. The truth can be complicated. On April 5th. This weapon is capable of inflicting 100,000 deaths in a heartbeat. The danger is everywhere. Scorpio are no longer hiding in the shadows. The battle threatens everyone. It's personal. It's revenge. It's kill or be killed. That's when you find out what you're really capable of. And his choice could change everything. I'm sick of being manipulated to do what everyone else wants. Tell him the truth, all of it. The world is black and white. All we really have are the people we trust. Alex Ryder, season three, streaming free April 5th. Stream seasons one and two free now.